Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630 The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today we're talking about expectations. Again, we talked about it with spouses. Now we're moving on to kids. Our kids. You know, this can mean a lot of different things. It can mean your daily expectations. Mm -hmm. Like when you get home from school, this is what I expect of you. Screen time. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. could mean long-term goals. Mm -hmm. You know, like what are we doing this week and Mm -hmm. how are we tracking this and your screen time and your exercise time Mm -hmm. and your food, your health, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. Or it could be like long-term goals for our kids, you know, like... Um, education yeah like for this school year Mm -hmm. we are going to focus on this I mean I know now I have a freshman and so we're we're already talking about expectations for like graduation and college like we have to have those conversations now absolutely as we prepare for that so those are like long-term expectations so you got to look at it different ways here well I think behavior too yeah that's a really big one this is the kind of person I expect you to be when you are outside of our home you know you have to set those things up for them so that they know oh, I'm supposed to be polite. I should open the door when I see, you know, those kinds of things. Expectations cover so many levels. Well, so many times, you know, we expect our kids to know to make their bed every day or Mm -hmm. what to post on social media, Mm -hmm. and they just don't. They do not. They don't meet our expectations. And many times, I know in my home, it's because I haven't clearly communicated those to my kids. And we haven't talked through them. Mm -hmm. And they don't really understand what my expectations are. Yes. And so I think we really need to talk about that. Well, not only that, but setting when you are able to communicate those expectations, also explaining the why behind them. Because a lot of times kids are reluctant to follow through on an expectation if they don't get it. You know, they're just like, they just want me to do this. If you explain the why behind it, a lot of times they're more apt to get on board and it becomes an expectation for themselves. Yeah, it's not really like a checklist item. It's Mm. more about I'm doing this to build your character or I'm doing this to make you a healthy human being. And by explaining that why, then they see it. Absolutely. I know one of the things I say to my kids all the time, you know, when I tell them to clean their bathroom or whatever, I'll say, um, you know, I don't want to raise a brat. Like, I will say that. Yeah. I don't want to raise somebody who is spoiled and who thinks that the world owes them something. Like, you need to get in there and do that. And that's why I'm making you do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And so many times they will say, like, it it kind of like they see why they're being asked to do it. Mm -hmm. And they don't dread it as much. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I've even heard my oldest say to my youngest, you know, like when he's complaining that he has to do something. Mm -hmm. She'll be like, this is for your own good because you will not be right. And I'm like, okay. And my my husband calls her little Mandy. I guess that's why. But I mean, again, it just comes back to those expectations. And like you said, explaining the why behind it. Absolutely. In fact, like you said uh, earlier that a lot of times we think that they should just know. They should know. I just heard an example the other day and I thought this is a perfect one for this topic, this radio show. Um, This little girl was cheating. Um, in class, she was copying someone else's paper. And, you know, they're young. So it wasn't a huge deal. But when she was approached about it, she literally did not know. 
And I thought, that's so funny. Like, I would have assumed, like, of course you can't look at your neighbor's paper. Like, come on, sister. But she didn't know. And she was like, I just, I didn't realize that that was a bad thing. I thought I could just get some help. And whether she was telling the truth or not, it reminded me that we have to express even the littlest things that seem so obvious. Well, I get that a lot when, um, you know, kids share nude photos. And I will tell you when I get these calls... They're all great families. Mm-hmm. They're all, none of them are shady, weird families. They are all good <laughs> families, yes. right? And they're devastated because yeah. they're like, my kid shared a new photo. And, you know, I always say, well, I always assure parents first, this is blindsided all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, just take a You're minute and breathe. You know, I don't want you to feel guilty. But then when we move into the difficult part of the conversation, I will say, you know, did you ever have a conversation about maybe sharing nudes? Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I didn't know I needed to. Yeah. And that's when I say, you know, parents, we don't understand their culture because everything is snapped, recorded and posted and shared. Mm -hmm. So if we're not actively communicating, listen, my expectations for you are to not be the norm on social media and not share nude photos. Like, if we're not clearly communicating that, they're going to get sucked in to what everyone else is doing. Exactly. <laughs> and we, we did a show on that recently, the bandwagon mentality. You can go listen to that. But it's it's really about clearly communicating what our expectations are. And sometimes we just miss it because we think they should know. Yeah. Well, and with expectations, too, This I know this is a hard topic for you, Mandy. Um, but we do need to talk about something that it plays into this. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. So we have to see our kids for their actual age. And it's hard for me, too, because you and I are on opposite ends for this one. Yeah, I mean, you got to see your kids because you you got to know. I I can't even (laughs) say it. It's a hard one. I can't even say it. Okay, (laughs) this is what I'm trying to say. My baby. (laughs) You already started it. He is a tween. He is not a baby. But I often see him as a baby. He's 11. He's going to be 12. Mm -hmm. I see him as the little squishy baby Mm -hmm. that crawls up and snuggles with me. Mm -hmm. And listen, if I am doing that, I'm not setting real realistic expectations for his age. So I'm letting things slide that shouldn't be. Yes. And I, ha- I have found myself doing it, and I have looked in the mirror and realized that I need to fix this. Um, but I've talked to Kim about it, and what's so funny is Kim is like the opposite. She's like, I've got my four-year-old like washing the car, doing the dishes. Like I'm a taskmaster. I mean, you are like literally. No, so here's the thing. Like when you come from a family, it was just me and my mom. There were no other kids to compare to in our family, and we had to do it all. So instead of there being another spouse and other kids to all carry the load, it was me and my mom running the household. So from a young age, I had more responsibilities than most kids my age. So that was my norm. So you're like, you could handle it at four. Yeah. So I didn't Unload the dishwasher. I heard, even like, I think it was a year or two ago, a good friend of ours, we were in like a social situation, and she was like... I'm really excited because I taught my son how to do a load of laundry. And her son was like 11 or 12. And I'm like, what? In my head. Because at five, your son was doing laundry. Well, no, but they I was teaching them how to 
put their laundry in one place, load, yeah. sort, and put their laundry away. Like all three of my kids do that. My daughter's only four. She has to put away all her things in her drawer, sort her clothes out, and she unloads the dishwasher with the boys. See, my kids do all of that stuff, but they weren't doing it at four. I got a late yeah. start on it because I was seeing I wasn't seeing them what they were capable of doing well and i am the opposite i my son my oldest son who is nine he is almost five three at nine years old yeah. he is like a man child he's like my size he is and he has always been that way he his nickname as a child was mr baby because he was serious he was all about we called him mr baby all business he wasn't that baby that was like like people would come up and smile at him and he would had like a straight he face. He was like Boss Baby. Like, Have what you can seen I that do movie? for He was Boss Baby. He was the original. He was the original. Thank you. <laughs> I'm telling him that. Wearing the it little suit. <laughs> Wearing the little suit. Like, he never was that, like, cutesy little baby. He was, like, all business. And so we have always struggled with treating him much older than he is. Mm-hmm. And I have to dial it back. Especially because you're like, here, son, go to the grocery store and get me some food. I'm like, why have you not cooked a three course meal, child? Yeah, I have to dial it back and realize my expectations are too high for him. Yeah. And so he constantly feels like a failure. And that's awful. Yeah. Awful. And so being able to recognize he is still nine, even though he's mature and even though he looks like he's 15. He is still nine. He needs to be able to be a kid. So I think what we're telling our listeners is don't be Mandy and don't be Kim. You need to be in the in middle. middle. Don't <laughs> you need be to us. find the balance yes. of what we're saying, how we've messed this up. And, you know, the other thing is, Kim, once you are seeing them at their age and realizing, you also have to remember that each child is unique. Absolutely. So your first child, what they handle at 11, your second child may not be able to handle at 11. So true. And I'm I'm kind of in this right now with phones. Yeah. You know, my son is saying, um, I need to get a phone when my sister did. And I'm mm. like, oh, yeah. I'm not quite sure we're there yet. You're you know, kid. And so we're, we're praying that through. And talking it through, lots of conversations about why it looks differently. Mm -hmm. Um, He's much more into gaming than she was. And I don't want those games on there to be a distraction at school because I know that they that's a problem in schools. And so all these things are coming into play. But um, but I think we really have to know our kid. We do. You have to see them for who they are individually and be able, like you said, to have those conversations with them. Here's why I want you to do this. This is my expectation for you. And in our house, a lot of times, because there's three of them, they're always comparing each other. Well, he didn't have to do that. She didn't have to. Yes. Why? Do, it's why? the comparison why? again. We talked about this on the last show with 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 your spouse. Yeah, comparing marriages. But the siblings compare each other. All the time. My oldest always says, I have so much more homework than my brother and my sister. And I'm like, are you six? Are you four? Yeah. Wouldn't that seem a little weird if you had the same amount of homework? And so we have to take the time. It's easy to get frustrated with them. It's easy to just, you know, flash back at them and say something like, come on, or because, or just give it a rest. They need to know. They, you got to have the conversations well, and explain it to That's them. back to what you said. Explain the why behind yeah. it. Because then they see the bigger picture. And I think a lot of times with the older kids, when they see the bigger picture, they want to be more responsible. They're yes. like, well, yes, I am, I should be more responsible. I yes. should be doing more because I'm older. And you get I'm more, more capable. privilege, like showing them the other side of that. Yes. yes, there's more responsibility, but you also have more privileges because of your age. So finding and teaching that balance for them. I think that is key, um, you know, and then and then once you see their age and you're seeing their limitations, because sometimes, you know, like we talked about, um, 
you you need to know when your kid is ready for certain things. And too much challenge mm-hmm. sometimes makes kids feel awful. Like you said, Absolutely. like they're they're failing because they never live up to it. And they're too hard on themselves then. That's the kind of the result of that. Yes. And too little expectations like what I was doing mm-hmm. isn't challenging them enough. Yeah. You really need to know your kid and get in there and and also, like, walk them through those challenges. You know, like, this; these goals are good because, mm-hmm. and use personal examples about when you've set goals or expectations for yourself. I got to tell you one thing that helped me a lot, but it was really, really hard. I had to do that self-work. Yeah. And I was talking with my husband, and he said, don't be mad, which I always know, like, oh, no. Brace yourself. Brace myself. And he's like, you... Um, are harder on our oldest than you are on our middle child. You let him get away with so much more. And they know it. And that was the part that was like the stab. Like they know that you treat them differently. And I think we talked about this on our sibling show. And if you want more information on this, you got to go dig into that show. Because we were contributing to the problem. I even shared some examples of why I was letting my baby get away with some things. Because Mm -hmm. I see him as a baby. Mm -hmm. Which is wrong. Which is wrong. He's He's wrong, man. He's not a baby. He's 11. He's 11. He'll always be my baby. I know. It's so hard. <laughs> I tell my kids that all the time. They're like, Mom. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Um, but, yeah, it's true. Like, do it, So I had to really kind of watch my behavior, and he was totally right. I could right away. Once he pointed it out, and I was like, oh, I do do that. And the fact that they knew it, man, I had to tell them, too. So that was difficult. Humbling. But it made a big difference. It really did. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by PAX Financial Group and listeners like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's PAX Financial Group. 210-881-5700, paxfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through PAX Financial Group. Today we are talking about expectations for our kids. We're doing a bit of a series here. We talked about expectations for our spouse. Now we're talking about expectations for our kids and how important it is to communicate them clearly and then explain the why behind why you have those expectations. And they range from all kinds of things, from behavior to goals for them, whether it's school or personal achievement or household expectations. But if we're not setting those, how can we expect them to meet them? when they don't even know what they are. Yeah, you know, and when we start communicating these goals and we're, we talked about seeing their age mm-hmm. and making sure, yes, and making sure then we see each child for themselves because what one child may be ready for at 11, the other one may not be oh, ready absolutely. for. So we need to take that into consideration as well. I think the next thing is, is to make 
set realistic expectations for yeah. their age or for what they're capable of. Yes. And I think that I fail at this too. Oh, we all do. Because here's my thing. I have high expectations yeah. of people yeah. in general. Yeah. I expect people to do the right thing. And mm-hmm. here is where it's really bad. When people do things, I expect it to do, be done well, like near perfection, mm-hmm. like give it your all. Mm-hmm. So when I say to my kids, <laughs> make your bed in the morning, I'm expecting it to be made well. Yeah. Well. Pottery barn picture display. And so when I walk in there <laughs> and it's a pile of stuffed animals under a sheet that was just thrown <laughs> up in the air and just put down, right? <laughs> I want to lose my mind. Yeah. And, and I want to fix it. And you? I want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Especially if I've got people coming over. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go in there and make it look right. Yeah. Like, perfect. Yeah. I'm doing air quotes. You are perfect. perfect. <laughs> um, this is where I struggle. Yeah. Because if I want them to learn, I got to back off. Mm-hmm. I got to let them just do their thing. And now I have found, like, even when people come over and it's not made right, but it's mm-hmm. made, I'll be like, look how, what a great job they did. Mm-hmm. And it, it motivates them to mm-hmm. kind of do even better sometimes mm-hmm. because they're getting the credit for it. It's so true. And it's but such it's a hard, hard lesson for to learn. perfectionist it is. out there. It's really hard. Um, I used to fix the beds, you know. The way I thought they yeah, should be. Yeah, because you're you're a you're I'm like a, bed, a maker. bed maker. Like the bed will be made before we leave the house. Yeah. That is an expectation. So that's not an expectation in my home. But yeah. if I say we have to make the bed, then I expect it. The cool thing is, and we've talked about this so many times about you know having your tribe or your group of people and having a mentor mm-hmm. who is not afraid to grab my shoulders and say, "You are acting like a crazy fool right now." Right. She has done many times. And when I shared this one time, like the expectation is that the bed is made in the morning. And she was like, thought I was crazy. But then she's like, okay, well, that's reasonable if it's made their way because they're still learning. Let them make it on their own and don't go back and fix it because I would go back and fix it. And so I haven't done And it that. devalues their work. It devalues their work and tells them they're not good enough. That's that what it does. It yeah, it's not, it's not a helpful thing. And so it's been great. I have backed off and I let them make their bed. I told them, you know, this is what a made bed looks like. But then they do it in their own way, and it is not pretty. But it's done, and they're doing their best. And so I'm always like, look at that. Your beds are made, and look how nice it looks. And you come home, and something has been accomplished. And the same with their laundry. I feel like it's good to do steps. Like my kids are young, so I don't make them fold a certain way. They have to put everything in its place. And when they get a little older, we'll talk about what that folding looks like. And it's kind of stepped up based on their age. My expectations can change. Well, and implementing a phone should be the same way. Absolutely. You know, I tell parents all the time, when you give your kid a phone, when you've determined they're ready for it, they should not have full access to, they should not get social media right away. Mm-hmm. It should be a phone, for, like you do it in steps. Yeah. It should be a phone where you're calling, texting. They don't really call. They FaceTime and text. Um, do that for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Once that is nailed down and you have the whole turning the phone in at night and, you know, no phone at meals and they're being respectful of not being on the phone when mm-hmm. adults are communicating with them, you get that kind of worked out. 
um, catch them doing something really great on their phone. Like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Now you get one social media platform when they're ready. And it's a process Mm -hmm. that they earn. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a whole, I think, two chapters in my book on this, just how we implemented it. But so many times we think all or nothing, like phone with everything that comes with it or nothing. It's a process, just like the laundry, just like... I'm teaching my kid to drive right now. Mm -hmm. That's a process. Mm -hmm. She does a written course. Then we have a learner's permit time frame where Mm -hmm. she's driving with me. Mm -hmm. And then I let her fly. It's Mm -hmm. the same kind of process. It is. And, you know, talking about this process and reasonable expectations that we put on our kids or ask our kids to meet, I am going to push a few buttons here. And some people are not going to like me. This for is going to be an ouch. It is. Um, but I'm going to say it because I hear it all the time. I've done it myself. We come into parenting and a lot of times we put on our children social expectations that make sense to us but are not necessarily fair. Like, you will go to this college because this is where I went. Yeah. Not because it makes sense for your degree. You're preaching over not here. Not because you want to go to this college, not because we can afford this college, not because it is where your you got a scholarship, but because that's what we do. That is a social expectation that is not fair. Yeah. It puts your kid in a box that they I, I have met so many young people who have oh. graduated from a university and they're like I don't even know why I went there. Like I, I mean, it truly is just because that's what we do. Or not even just a college, but a sport. Like, I played this, so you're, you're going to play, play this. Yes. Or I know this, so you're going to know this. The and one that hurt me the most recently was I was talking with this mom, and she's like, I was always popular, and my daughter is just not. She likes to read and play chess, and I expect her to be popular. I want her to be friendly to everyone and know people and people to like her. And that just hurt. For me, I could not imagine what that's like to grow up in that situation. See, I, I see that totally differently. Yes, because I know you do. I, I have really strong feelings about the popularity I know thing. You do. Because I know what it takes from my high school experience to run with a popular crowd and all that it took for me to keep up with that. I do not want that for my kid. Like, I want her to know, and I'm talking about my oldest here because I'm walking through it with her. I want her to be grounded in who she is and be her own self and then don't worry about what the crowd is doing or what it takes to be popular. Like I have very strong feelings about that because I feel like that's part of why I made such awful decisions as a teenager. Like awful because I wanted the popularity. Mm -hmm. So I would do whatever it took. Yes. Um, I want my daughter to be opposite. So much better than me. I tell my kids that all the time. So much better than me. Yes. And so, and I think a lot of times as parents, we don't even realize that we're putting these social expectations on our kid by pushing them into situations or behaviors that we think are good or right or, or enjoyable or that we think the world wants to see. We don't even realize we're doing it with the little comments and the, and the suggestions, but they internalize all of that. And that's from where they operate. And then we wonder when they go astray or they're confused about what they're doing. How did this happen? Yeah. We put that expectation on them. Well, you know, it goes back to something we always say. You got to listen to your kids. You got to see what their passions are. You got to help them explore those passions and find them and figure it out and chase them. And, you know, 
minus whatever we want to put on their plate with the with the expectations of who we want them to become. You know, and the other thing is when when you clearly are setting your expectations and you're talking about it and you're you're letting your kids maybe set their own. You know, as my kid gets older, yeah. she's able to set her own expectations, yes. which has been really cool to watch. Step. Yes, yeah. it's a really cool thing to see. Um, but when you're actually communicating well about your expectations, either that you're putting on yourself or that you're putting on your kids or your spouse or whatever, they're easier to measure. Mm-hmm. So when you achieve one, you know, praise, praise, praise your yes, kid when, yes. when they achieve something. Yes. And, you know, let them fail, too. Yeah. When they don't achieve it, so many times our kids think, well, I didn't achieve this expectation, so mom and dad are going to feel differently about me. Yeah. Yeah, they should know you're going to love him no matter what, yes. you know, and maybe you can, you know, after the crying is over and the, <laughs> the devastation is yeah. over and you've just listened through that, you know, a couple of days later, maybe you can come back and say, well, what could we have done differently to yes. maybe meet the expectation? Yes. You know, maybe it's not getting into the college they want or maybe not making the team, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that happened recently in our home, something somebody didn't get up, get what they wanted. Yeah, and of course I wanted to call the coach and I fix wanted it. to, <laughs> I wanted to fix it right. And my husband said, "You know what? This is a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. They need if they want it bad enough, they will go to the coach and say, what can I do to get this? Yes. I didn't get it this time. Yes. I want it next time. Tell me what I can do. And we're when we do it that way." We're, we're teaching our kids to have expectations for themselves. Yes. Like, this is how I want to leave the nest well. Yes. Absolutely. And so I just, it, we've got to be um, willing to love our kids no matter what they choose. Yes. You know, no, if it doesn't meet our expectations. And even if they are expectations that the whole family has set and the kid has chased after and they still don't meet them, that unconditional love is so important. So with setting expectations, one, we need to see our kids for their actual age, even though we feel like they're always going to be our babies. And we need to recognize that each child is unique. Two, set realistic expectations. Communicate early and help them reach their goals. And three, love your kids unconditionally. Walk them through accomplishments and failures. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?